With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today we're interviewing Elizabeth McCourt. She is the president of McCourt Leadership Group. She's an executive coach and a consultant who helps leaders and teams clarify their talents and goals, leading them to elite performance. She's also, coincidentally, an avid endurance athlete specializing in long-distance triathlons and is a sponsored athlete for Team Betty of Betty Designs, which is really cool. Uh, She specializes in mental training for maximum impact. So I am so thrilled to talk today with Elizabeth. So thank you for being on our show, Elizabeth. Oh, Mary Beth, thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor. Well, it is my pleasure. And I know that the audience will get a lot out of this. So tell me a little bit about how you got into, I mean, so you've, you've been an athlete for a long time, but when I look at the things that you've done, you're not only an athlete, you used to be a trial lawyer, you're a writer, you have a master's, um, you specialize in coaching and endurance training for business people, right? So talk a, talk <laughs> right. a little bit about how all of this sort of came together in what you're doing today uh, as as a, a leadership and executive coach. Well, it's amazing, isn't it, that you find that all the things that you've done in your life eventually lead you to where you're supposed to be going. Yeah. Um, I started out as um, I guess I worked in um, investment banking briefly in New York and then uh, didn't care for that and went to law school was a trial lawyer and then I moved back to New York and tripped into recruiting because my father was dying and that um, that was a career for 16 years in financial services and I always found I used a more consultative and coaching approach. I never felt like I needed to, you know, jam a square peg in a round hole and, you know, always wanting to better what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I'm kind of an education junkie. Um, that's a writer. I got an MFA for fun. And then I thought, you know, I really want to develop this coaching element of my business because I thought it would really um, benefit the work that I was doing with advisors. And, and sure enough, it did, and I loved it, and I realized that I could make a greater impact by, you know, not, by sort of having a vested interest only in the goals of my clients rather than trying to move them, you know, to other firms. So I shifted to coaching, which is where I am today. 
Well, it is really an interesting background. And I think that you're right. You know, sometimes you do all of these things and this is your career path for 16 years and this is your career path for several years and this is another career path. And then it sort of all comes together as we get as we get a little bit more experienced in sort of what the world brings us and what we have to offer. But I think it's it's really interesting. But one of the other interesting things I think you've done, which is sort of something that people always look up to, is you've done a TED Talk. And so I think if you explain, and I've listened to this, so if you explain a little bit about your TED Talk, why you should spill your secrets, I think that will give our audience a little bit more insight into some of the things that, um, you know, your thought leadership on some of these issues. Oh, absolutely. So when I kind of figured out what a TED was, I thought, oh my gosh, I really want to do that. And, but of course you have to have, you know, one idea worth spreading and, I do a lot of writing, and I had written this essay several years ago based on uh, what a teacher had asked. The question was, you know, tell your biggest secret in an essay. And I thought, um, in the TED Talk, I say something to the effect of, I, I thought I was going to do something writerly to get an A, but instead I really dug deep, and I ended up just telling something that had been kind of peripherally um, bugging me and sort of baggage in perhaps dragging me down to my full potential. And once I let that go and connected with people first in the essay and, you know, reading it out loud at um, student readings, but then actually doing it on the TED stage was, was really impactful and freeing. And I thought to myself, if I can, you know, you're so nervous when you give a TED talk because you really want to do a great job. But I really focused on if I can impact just one person who has felt that same way about kind of hiding something authentic about themselves or true or something bothersome or something that was, you know, impacting their confidence, then it would be a success. So, so that's how I approached that TED Talk. And it was just an absolute thrill and an honor to be able to be on that TEDx stage and, and do that. Yeah, it's it really. I, I've got some friends that have done it, and it's just it's it's an amazing uh, opportunity and a way to share something that is really um, you know thought leadership. But talk about your secret that you shared. Ah, okay. So I think I like to sort of hide it sometimes for my TED talk, but my secret we're going to spill it today. <laughs> Yeah, I'll spill it for you. Um, my secret was when I was in grammar school, so this is quite a few years ago, let's just say, um, a teacher told everyone in the class that they were attractive. And for me, he said I was smart and nice. And being insecure and not feeling particularly pretty as a preteen, it really just took a, it was a, it was a class that was on self-esteem which is uh, so amusing because it absolutely crushed my little bit of self-esteem that I had at the time. It was crushing. And although I became a very good um, pretender at not being shy because I was shy, um, it's still something that I felt like was, you know, that kind of gremlin on my shoulder reminding me that I, I perhaps wasn't good enough, I wasn't pretty enough, and I even wasn't smart enough. And it was until I released it and a few women were like, oh my gosh, me too. Or someone said, I had that same experience. You, you think this secret that you have is so, because my secret isn't tragic, but you think this thing is so big and once you spit it out, 
you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, oh, that that wasn't so bad. <laughs> and you have, you know, it's such a, it's a silly. I mean, it's not silly, but, and I guess it also gives you an avenue of, I think the, the best part of things like that is you get to connect with other people and impact other people in a positive way by letting them see you a little, um, I guess, more truthfully or more honestly. And so that's, that's really what my message was about is to truly, you know, have the best intentions and, um, you know, you don't want to spill major secrets or um, terrible secrets on the TED stage, but certainly to have a trusted friend um, or confidant and, and connect is, is really in, essential to um, moving forward in our lives. I think it's really important. Well, I think the lesson is so powerful because, you know, when I, when I listened to that, I thought, you know, there, there's been several times in my life when I've revealed something and you don't want to reveal it, but then the way you feel uh -huh. afterwards, like you didn't even know it was carrying, it was such a burden on you until you say it. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's a lift and other people feel the same way. And, you know, I think exactly. And particularly for women, I mean, men, you know, it's, it's the same, but particularly for women who, um, have, self-esteem issues that are more pronounced in a lot of cases and to imagine that something small that may or may not even be true is can cause such an effect it happens all the time and I bet every woman has a story right of something that happened in their yeah. background where maybe their self their self-impression was different than what somebody said out loud and then you're like well, wait a minute Maybe I'm not all these things that I thought I was. And then it just becomes this terrific thing in a not in such a good way that happens to us. And um, so I've, I found your TED Talk so valuable. And so I wanted you to be able to share some of that with, with us today because I just think it's a valuable way of being able to be more authentic and really connect with people. It's hard to connect with people yeah. if you don't open up. It's, it's much easier. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And and I think you probably find this too in your business. Even, I would say, even the most successful women on the outside that you're talking to, you know, sort of you look and you go, wow, that woman, that woman is, you know, fabulous. You, you dig down deep and you talk to her and you find out that, um, that there's a little, a bit of perhaps the imposter syndrome people like to call it or some little thing that's in there and, and you, we, well, we all kind of scratch our heads because it's certainly easier to see it in someone else than it is in ourselves. So that's, I think that's a really important thing because it's true. It, every, everybody has something. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, doing this uh, show, this podcast, it's, it's become clear to me because I've interviewed some amazing women like yourself and everyone has a story and and everyone has a story but we all we look at you know the the website of of some of these women and we look at their careers and we look at their backgrounds and we go wow you know but but sometimes the way we get to the wow is through overcoming some of the things that have happened to us long ago and and we just don't even believe like looking at the outset that that might have happened to somebody else it happened to us but it certainly didn't happen to her and but that's it did right that's right <laughs> But it's certainly that's why I, I always say you, it's so important. I think resilience and to train yourself to be more resilient is one of the, the key tools to leadership because we all screw up. We all make mistakes. We send that wrong email. We 
um, we say something that we probably that sort of escaped our mouths and we thought, oh, I could have worded that better. But then it's a matter of, I would say, just like pick yourself up, dust it off, and try again. So that's yeah. how I try and live my life and encourage my clients to do so as well. Well, speaking of your clients, you know, I said in the beginning that you do endurance training for business people. No, I don't uh -huh. know that that's exactly how you would describe it, but certainly it's this mental training. What kind of work do you do that you can share with our audience that, that might be helpful to them in terms of when you're coaching executives? Well, I will, I guess I will tell you this from the sort of the version of uh, triathlon, there are three disciplines, swim, bike, run, but there really is a fourth, it's mental training. Because if you, if you think you're going to fail, you probably are. If you believe that you're going to succeed, you probably are. So I think the same applies to business too. And you don't have to be a professional athlete or even a particularly good athlete to apply this training. You just have to shift your mindset um, to to train yourself to believe that you can, to push yourself, to try things that you don't think that you can, to challenge yourself. And so that's what I really love doing with my clients is that getting their headspace really strong so that they can move forward and accomplish even more. Because I will say that I work with people who are really, they're successful, but they're trying to do something a little bit more, trying to push themselves, trying to do something special, trying to do something a little bit different. And, um, and I, you know, for me, I don't, have a, I don't have a vested interest in the outcome. It's really about helping them get to the outcome that's, that's for them. So this, this mental training, though, is I, I find that that athlete training, is, it really is applicable to business. And I have a lot of fun with that. Well, so let me ask you a question about uh, golf. In this case, um, I'm going to use a golf example. So I golf. Okay. I golf more now than I used to golf and uh, because my kids are off to college, so I have extra time. So, it, you know, when you're on the putting green and you're putting, I, you know, I've heard from people, you've got to be confident that that ball is going to go right in the hole. And so I've said to mm -hmm. myself, I've said to myself, you know, when I'm standing over the ball, this is going to go in the hole. I'm saying it, but I'm not really believing it. And so uh. how do you go? Because it, it, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But me thinking that has absolutely nothing to do with it going in the hole. So because I've realized this over time, how do you go from the, the verbalizing the, the mental thought that you're supposed to have to actually internalizing how this is going to end up to be. And I'll give you another quick example, and then I'll let you answer it. Speaking. Um, my speaking coach used to, because I speak all over the country all the time, my speaking uh -huh. coach used to say to me, you need to stand in front of that audience and just think to yourself, they are going to love this. And I've always <laughs> approached it from the, I hope they're going to love this. It's a different, it's mm. a different approach, right? But how do you go from the approach, like knowing what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do, and then actually making it come true? So internally, internalizing it from the, from the words that you might say to yourself to the actual mindset. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I tell you first, there's no magic wand that can make it happen. It takes, it takes a little bit of work. And I will tell you one, one little trick that could be helpful for you and uh, your audience. 
Um, because you can say it, but if you have, I would say there's, you have this angel on your shoulder, you got a devil on your shoulder. One is telling that you're awesome, you're going to get the ball in the hole, you're going to make a fabulous uh, talk. And the other voice has said, I, you know, you got the other voices. I don't know if you can. I don't. I don't really believe that. I think you're you're kidding yourself by believing. That. I don't know if that talk's going to go well. So if you can actually articulate and recognize who that voice is for you, and like I said, if some people say it's it's a gremlin, it's a monster, it's a dark hole, if you can actually talk about and recognize that that face or that little monster that's on your shoulder, then you have more control of getting it to stay out of that conversation. That's just one one little trick. So if you see it coming down the pike and you're you're sitting at the you know you're at your putting green and you're getting ready and you're saying it, but you've got a little something that that little creeping voice in the back of your head saying that you're you know you're probably not going to make that. <laughs> then if you could actually say, hey now, thanks. Thanks for sharing, but I need to focus here. And it will help you have a little bit more control of where you need to be. And you may not, you may not make the shot, but at least you can calm that voice that is really not telling you the truth and not helpful. And I've I found the rare person that doesn't have that little bit of that voice that's um, talking to them. So it's, that's just one little trick that people chuckle a little bit. It's a little creative, but I promise that it's very helpful. So I'm going to try that this weekend on the golf course and we'll see what happens. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, let me know how it works. <laughs> yeah, because it's the one area like uh, that I have trouble with because it's it's I know it's all in my head, but but right. I mean this happens in in something that's sort of inconsequential like you know, golfing for fun, but also in much more consequential situations, like when you're in a business situation and you've got some of those voices going on. So I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. And I don't care, you know, how, and I've, like I said before, I've talked to some amazing women. They have these voices, but I like the yeah. way that you described it as a um, recognize the voice, address it, and then dismiss it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Dismiss it. I mean, Sometimes if you're in a dangerous situation, sometimes the voice is helpful, but it's not 100% helpful. Right. You say, thanks, thanks for the information. That's all. But yeah, you're right. And, and then on the flip side, um, this, the second technique is like when you're your best, like who is that part of you? Bring, bring that part to the stage, to the business meeting, to the putting green, to the triathlon. Like bring that like best I say like your inner CEO, your best self, bring, articulate that and bring that too so that they can have a standoff and power off that, uh, that negativity voice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know in, in speaking that I never wanted to, um, for instance, think that I was really great at speaking because if I believe the hype, then maybe I wouldn't be so great and maybe it wouldn't, you know, mm -hmm. so it's this, it's this mental, um, triathlon, if you will, of things that are going on. Yeah, like, should absolutely. I be this? And should I be that? And I, I, I'm good, but should I be, should I talk about how good I'm? No, of course. you know, and I want to pretend that I'm not good. I mean, it's this whole craziness that goes on, I especially know. when you're in front of a big audience all the time, like I am. Um, and so I guess I've just admitted a, a secret of my own. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. But I mean, you know, even though you do it all the time, it's something that you still have that, gosh, I just, 
oh, this is going to be good. You know, I've, I've worked hard. I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. And I do find that what you're saying is is not uncommon for women as successful as you and doing what you do. And also this perception of a very confident self, it's that fear that you're going to look like um, a jerk or a narcissist or something like that. And, and that's not who I already know from talking to you for a little bit. That's not who you are. So that's not going to happen. Right. So, so you can you can kick you can kick that to the side, Mary Beth. Okay, good. Now we've solved that issue. So this is this is great. <laughs> well, so I have another question for you along a different line. But so you're a writer. You've written a novel. You um, are either in progress or maybe you finished. Um, you writing a nonfiction book. But talk a little bit about the process of writing. Why you decided to get a master's. Um, in, in fine arts and in how you use that in your business today? Because I think writing is a hard thing for a lot of people. And so I think it's something good to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, I actually got an MFA uh, for, for just a personal, for fun. Um, and it took me a really long time to get the degree because I had, I had it wasn't going to change my career. But because um, I had gone to law school, so I you know, was already a decent writer. But this was pure fiction and purely for pleasure. And now, interestingly, I am using my writing skill more than ever because I, I do have a little monster that tells me I'm not a good writer, so I have to work on that. But um, for writing, for me, I find it is, that's my, my creativity and my art where I can really best express myself. I'm not a painter. Um, or that kind of an artist, but I'm a, a word artist on the paper. And so for me, it gives me a lot of pleasure to be able to, um, I like to write um, nonfiction, um, which is what I do for on Wall Street Magazine. But I also like to write um, personal essays, which I actually just published one about an hour ago. It's perhaps my most personal piece on uh, Huffington Post. So um, so I also like that too, because once again, it's about that connection, having people connect to your work. And um, for me, it's, it's part of, you know, what I do as a leadership coach, the, the book and the writing goes hand in hand with it because people need, you know, they need speaking, they need words, they need different ways to get the message. And for me, um, writing gives me a lot of pleasure when it's not driving me crazy and I'm, you know, knock wood right now, I'm not in writer's block. So that's good. <laughs> we all get it, right? Uh, we do. So talk about some of the challenges that some of your clients have when they decide to come to you um, just to, to kind of give some more understanding of who are the kinds of people that you work with? So they're successful already. They're looking to do something different. But what are some of the challenges that they've got in front of them, perhaps, that you help them uh, overcome? Um, a lot of it is um, kind of figuring out who they are as a leader. That's probably, and I don't know if they would come to me and say that's exactly it, but that's usually one of the first things we work on is, who are you? Aside from whatever company or organization or business you work at, who are you as a person, as a leader, and how are you projecting that in your business? So that's um, that's one thing that we we work on, and and certainly like what is one of your weak, like what are your goals? 
um, you know, sort of personal and professional goals as this leader? And then what are your triggers? Like what holds you back? What sets you off in a negative way? And that's a lot of, and, and just sort of, it's all about getting your mind straight and so that you can accomplish whatever it is on your list of what you want to accomplish. I mean, people, when people come to me, they usually, I ask them to pick, you know, to really let me know the three top things they want to accomplish uh, with our work together. And, you know, so we have these, these targets, but it's also fluid because it could be specific business targets. And then, of course, you cannot separate who you are as a person to who you are um, in your business, they they really merge together. So I do take a holistic approach. I call it a practical-minded, creative approach to um, to coaching and to working together, so that people can really achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah, so excellent. Um, that that is great because you know the underlying of all of this is the mental training just getting the mindset mm-hmm. straight so that we can do the things that we um, are supposed to be doing and, and do it really, really exactly. well. So how can exactly. people, how can people reach you if you want to give your social media and your website information and things like that, if anyone like would like to reach you? Oh, great. Yeah. If they want to reach me, um, they can reach me. My web website is www.mccourtleadership.com. And my email is elizabeth at McCourt email, um, I'm a McCourtleadership.com, so that's easy. And then I'm very active on Twitter. I tweet about leadership, women, and sports because that's my thing. So that is at EC McCourt is my Twitter handle. Well, excellent. And that's actually how we came across one another was exactly. So it's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting space to really learn about what people are thinking and what they bring to the table. And when I was reading the things that you were tweeting, I'm like, I, I, I've got to interview her on this show. So <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Mary Beth. It's been really fun. And I'm really I'm really glad we connected because I think we have a lot of uh, we have a lot in common and what we're trying to do to help other women and people in this world. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.